Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, however, whenever and wherever you are listening to us, we do appreciate you tuning in for this edition, week 14 edition of the Baby Bowl 2020. And of course, as always, I have with me Rob Norton at Norton0723 on Twitter. How are you doing tonight, Mr. Rob? I'm doing good, Wes. How are you doing? I am doing delightful. And I might as well say, just as always, we have our old friend on here as well. How are you doing tonight, Ben? Hey, I'm doing okay, guys. Uh, happy to be back on with you uh, second week in a row. Two times. Hey, the three-time Baby Bowl champion, Ben Condelius. Hey. I don't know if I butchered that last name or not. I <laughs> you're close. You're a lot closer than most. <laughs> I'll give you uh, that. Say, say it again for everybody so everybody knows who your, your last name, Ben. Yeah, last name um, is pronounced Condelius, uh, like a hard deal in the middle. I should have made Rob say it to see if Rob could have spit that out. Because Rob is, <laughs> yeah, I would, I would have messed that up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, tell everybody where they can find you on Twitter, Ben. I know that, that you have been getting a lot of Twitter follows lately. Yeah, um, f- thanks to the the podcast here and such, um, and some of those follow trains that people like to to put out. Um, I've been lucky enough to be mentioned, but uh, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm at the extra point ff on uh, on Twitter, or the the name has just been Ben C on there. If that's easier. Yeah, Ben C. That's how I always find it whenever I do it. I can't remember the extra point FF, although I am still envious of that extra point FF. Now, hey, Ben, this is your third time winning this year. So you're the first time three-time champion. I guess we've had a couple of back-to-back champions. and I know you were one of them uh, at some point. But then also, you, you or I say back-to-back, two-time champions. You're the first back-to-backer in the baby bowl and and it's blowing everybody's mind in that little chat room i think that we have because how in the world are you doing that when some of us can't even get above the you know 40 or 50 percentile mark yeah i mean i i truly i like to say the, a lot of it uh seems to be boiling down to luck um i mean certainly it's it's playing the right matchups at the right time um and and kind of uh and for me honestly it's been a lot of looking ahead as well i know some of the guys have mentioned um you know that maybe they played darren waller uh you know the week prior um whereas i myself was was fortunate enough to play him this past week i'm sure we'll talk about that but um I mean, honestly, kind of looked ahead and saw that Waller, um, I think two weeks ago, I forget who they were playing. I want to say maybe it was Atlanta. Looked like a great matchup, um, but I knew the following week he had the Jets. Um, so I kind of held on to him for an additional week. So a lot of it's been, um, but honestly, just kind of looking ahead and, and kind of plotting out maybe a week or two in advance um, and being lucky enough to hold on to somebody uh, for that right matchup. Now, Rob, I know that you're the chairman of the board when it comes to the baby bowl, but we may have to start calling Ben the expert. You know what I mean? This this guy is finishing so high, and, and right now he's top of the board, isn't he? Oh yeah, for sure. He's 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 uh, definitely the go-to guy when we're looking at looking at uh, strategies right now. So um, yeah, he's Ben it just took over the top spot this week. Really? Wow. Yep. And uh, so that's the first so. time that's really changed hands in a long, long time. Uh, Matt Methodical, is that is, is that how you say it? Is that who's been number one forever? Yeah, I think Math- Methodical, you probably said it right. And um, Matthew McCarthy, he's been first for a while. And uh, he he dropped down to third. Um, Joshua Cho, JB Cho knows he uh, he passed him as well, moved into second. But that that top three is really uh, jumbled up there. And then there's like a little bit of a dip down to fourth with Jesse Clark. Um, fifth is Jason Stern. Sixth, Steve Howard. Um, I'm sitting in seventh. Uh, David Walker is in eighth. Jason Polo in ninth. And Justin Lay in tenth. And it's all pretty pretty jumbled up. I mean, all all the top ten are all, uh, just about within 100 points. So any big big week or bad week by them can really swing it. Uh, one of the great things about the Baby Bowl is, yes, it pays off at the end of the season for the champion, for the winner. But also each week we do have those weekly entries. Whoever wins that that particular week ends up winning that week as well. So they get a little reward at the end of that week, not just at the end of the year. Right. So so everybody still needs to continue to put out that lineup each and every week and participate, because really, you don't know what can happen. Ben, ben may have a terrible week this next week, and he may end up with one of my 40s or 50 point totals. And and really, that'll just move a lot of people up the leaderboard. Am I thinking right on that, Rob? Yeah, definitely. Um, so that was one thing I thought about early in the year before I, you know, set this up was how can I pe- keep people engaged all year, even if they kind of fall back 
And, you know, I figured there would be situations where maybe some people would forget to set lineups or people would have some bad weeks and kind of fall back out of the standings, uh, down in the standings. And so I wanted to keep people engaged and having a good time all year. So implemented the uh, weekly high score bonus. And um, so, yeah, everyone, even if you're even if you're way down in last place, um, you know, you you set a good lineup for one week and you get a chance to win a little bit of money back. Now, one of the things we're going to do on this show that's a little bit different, we will talk about, and I, I hope I say the name right. You guys, everybody who listens to the podcast by now knows me a little bit, knows that my, my, my mind does not work exactly right all the time, right? And so, so we, <laughs> we, we understand that. But I call it the showdown slate for DraftKings. Am I even close? Am I remotely close? The captain showdown slate for DraftKings, Rob? Am I even close to saying that right? Yeah, you're, you nailed it pretty much. Well, thank you very much. I am a podcast <laughs> professional or an amateur looking like a professional, but we're, we're only going to, uh, we're going to do that. But also Ben, we're going to go over your weekly lineup and talk about all of our lineups together. And then we will lean on you, Ben, for some advice on what to do with week 14. Can you believe Ben that, uh, that it is week 14 already in the NFL season? No, it's, it's honestly pretty wild to think about. Um, I, it kind of gets to this point every season for me when it comes to the NFL season, uh, you know, you prep so hard for the beginning of the year, especially when it comes to fantasy football and, and you put, you know, all this time and effort into it. And then uh, and it seems like, honestly, in a flash, it's all gone. Um, realistically, I mean, it sounds funny to say, but we're at the point now where if you look at a lot of redraft leagues, um, this is week one of the playoffs for a lot of these redraft leagues. And um, and for so there's I, mean, I would say half the people that play are, are essentially out of it and their fantasy season's over with um, at that point. So, I mean, thankfully, we have something like the Baby Bowl to uh, to kind of keep us, um, you know, to keep us active in the fantasy sense, even if you're out of your, your redraft leagues or your dynasty leagues, you know, season long. Um, it's kind of nice to still have something to, I guess, look forward to on a weekly basis. Yeah, it's something I was thinking about. And I'm going to lean on you, Rob, for this answer with DraftKings. It, it it starts getting really explosive at this point, right? I mean, like like to enter the tournaments and stuff like that, it's getting harder and harder to predict because there's those people coming off the benches getting a whole bunch of points that maybe nobody wants to play or nobody's heard of before. Or you might buy into the Devin Bookers or Devontae Bookers of the world and uh, end up playing them and then they'd be bummers that week. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like you said, people, you know, as the season goes on, more and more people are getting banged up and, you know, each team has their own prerogative in terms of whether and each player to do, you know, if it's a if it's a player that's playing for a team that's, um, you know, not doing very well and, you know, they have no, you know, uh, incentive to rush back. So, um, you know, and you have other guys who who might just play a little bit and sit out. And as you approach the end of the season, that that kind of thing gets more and more likely. So like you said, it's, it becomes kind of harder and harder to predict. Yeah, we'd already talked about how fantasy football is one of the hardest predictability sports that there is as far as fantasy goes. And now I think it, it gets a little bit tougher even. And, I, I, man, I go to church on Sundays, and, and I don't have time to check those things at the last minute. I almost I almost punt my DFS stuff at the end of the year just because of that reason. I just can't, I, I can't look at it. I, there's something about me sitting in a church pew looking at the DraftKings <laughs> lineup that does, doesn't feel right. <laughs> All right, so make sure you're following Ben C. on Twitter. We're going to get him over that 1100 mark here real soon, real fast. The Extra Point FF on Twitter. Also, don't forget to follow Rob Norton at Norton0723 and check me out on Twitter as well, at Loafinit on Twitter. Okay, Ben, you started out. You played somebody who you were probably biting your nails over at quarterback because he was having a pretty rough day. And then all of a sudden, after Baker Mayfield started throwing the ball all over the place, in the second half, Tannehill went on fire. And I bet you were just sitting there going cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching all game long in the second half. Yeah, I mean, I I played Tannehill – simply based off the matchup uh, i know cleveland they haven't been the best against the pass and and uh their cornerback um denzel ward he was out of the game so i mean just knowing the weapons that Tannehill had um it looked like a good matchup but i mean like you said that they got down quickly uh and and early in that game and i guess um you know from a fantasy sense if you're playing the quarterback that look that looks good uh because Obviously, if they're going to be down by that much, and you know how many touchdowns they were down, um, 
then you kind of start to look ahead to the rest of the game and just hope that at least at that point that they're in comeback mode for the next three quarters, which um, fortunately it kind of worked out that way, having Tannehill. Yeah, and then you paired him up with Corey Davis, who played out of his mind. And you were a little bit fortunate. We talk about luck here, having a a play and a role in all of this. And A.J. Brown got a little bit banged up last week, so Corey Davis was really Tannehill's go-to guy. Yeah, it's. I know we talked about Corey Davis last week as somebody that um, mm-hmm. that we were kind of eyeballing, and uh, and he had honestly had a, had a really nice season up to this point. Um, certainly nothing like the game that he had um, this past week. So so like you said, I mean that's that's certainly quite a bit of luck involved there. You know, you play the matchup and just kind of hope for the best. Um, but yeah, he he went off. Um, I don't even know what his final stat line was, but I know he put up about thirty five points um, yeah. in the baby ball scoring. So I mean that's that's huge. That is huge. And Rob, you had Davis as well that week, but you paired him up with Taysom Hill. I, I, I'm I'm curious. I'm asking all the uh, Fit Crew this kind of a question this this week on all the broadcasts or podcasts. Uh, there's no reason for New Orleans to rush Drew Brees back this year right now, right? I mean, he's got to get all the way healthy because Taysom Hill's in there doing a pretty good job. Yeah, for sure. Um, I've been pretty surprised by Taysom Hill. I thought for sure like that he wasn't you know, developed enough as a passer to, uh, handle, handle like, uh, the full, you know, quarterback role. I, I thought there was going to be a lot more, you know, college style, like gimmicky option style offense kind of thing. But, um, he's impressed me. I mean, granted two of the three matchups have been against Atlanta who allow the most, you know, fantasy points to quarterbacks. And, you know, he's been getting it done as a runner and, but still, like as a passer, he's a lot better than I thought. And and uh, yeah, that with with the record that the Saints have, I mean, they have no reason to rush Breeze back until he's fully healthy. Yeah, one of your running backs was Booker that I talked about earlier, and he he bit us again, man. He bit us again because I had Booker in my lineup as well, and we fell for the old backup running back trick <laughs> that got pulled on us, man. That, that Booker boy, he, that's really disappointing. Whenever you saw that, and I'll t- I, guys, I'm gonna go on a little rad here, okay? And I'll get back to your lineups in just a second. Let me get something <laughs> off my chest, all right? <laughs> because I stuck Patrick Mahomes in there against Denver, and I stuck Tyreek Hill in there against uh, Denver as well. And I just paired those two up last week. And, and, and okay, so I thought it was going to be a smash spot, right? Because it is going against Denver. And there were two touchdowns as I watched this. <laughs> One of them was, an, was really a touchdown without the holding penalty. But there was two 50-yard touchdowns that they connected with. I say 50 yards. It may not have been 50 yards. But how different would my baby bowl uh, points spread would have looked if, if just those two plays would have went my way instead? Instead, they both gotten uh negated and and didn't count towards anything i tell you what man that's it <laughs> i look <laughs> I, I don't know my lineups and and i saw it sunday night though after you'd sent out those things rob on sunday night and i looked at my lineup after you know the game had already been over i said are you serious i had those guys i'm glad i didn't know because i would have been appealed the rest of the night if i did know um just just how much luck does play involved though i I got I got really unlucky there from a fantasy output uh, from from a fantasy standpoint. Yeah, that one that was I was watching the game and you know he had that one where he caught it and everyone realized he caught it, but it seemed almost like he didn't even realize it was officially <laughs> a, a catch and and uh, yeah that one you know on the replay you could see it was a clear catch and. That was definitely unfortunate for anyone, you know, who and specifically you in this in this situation. But um, yeah, anyone even in their like season long leagues or whatever else, whoever else played them in in baby ball, that was definitely. I'm sure it was uh, tilting for people who who were yeah, watching it. And, you know. and then and then they had the one that was called back on a holding penalty, and he ran yeah. all day long, stood at the goal line for five minutes, and then did a backflip, and then he got yeah. called back for holding. <laughs> oh, I'm t- got me mad. Hey, my other running back, though, that, that I burned this week was Derrick Henry. I really bought into the December narrative for Derrick Henry and all the trash talk that was going on between him and Cleveland, so I had the bad side of that Tennessee-Cleveland game, Ben, but somebody that uh, you played last week that I was really happy to see do well was David Montgomery. Yeah, we and that's another name that we had mentioned last week. Um, talking to you guys, uh, David Montgomery. Just looking at his matchup um, going up against the Lions, and uh, I mean the Lions are are pretty well noted at this point, at least on the season, for being just awful against running backs. And uh, and David Montgomery certainly carried that torch um, 
as well this last week. And uh, I mean, game script was well. Uh, maybe that was a close game, high scoring, pretty much everything you'd want, um, you know, to kind of go right, kind of went right for David Montgomery in that one. Yeah, and you had you had Montgomery as well, Rob, and you also paired him up with Eckler, who I'm not going to say he had a bad day, but he didn't have that game that we were all hoping he would have against New England. I don't know that the Chargers were hoping they'd have that kind of day against New England last week. Yeah, for sure. That one was that one was definitely uh, frustrating. I mean, he still came out with over 10 points, but, you know, it was not I was expecting 15 minimum and, you know, the amount he, he gets used so much in the passing game that it's uh, it gives you such a such a nice floor. But they got blown out so badly that it was just I mean, it was just they, he couldn't get anything else going from a, like a ceiling standpoint. No, he couldn't. And so I had Booker. I had Henry, and then I had Raheem Mostart too in there. It looked like another smash spot, and it, it, I don't, I don't know what the San Francisco 49ers are. I looked at their snap percentages been last week, and I promise you, there was 30 players on that snap percentage chart for me for, for last week. They, they're just toying with fantasy managers. You had a guy on your uh, in your backfield that was really disappointing too with Sanders, with Miles Sanders. He looked like he was in a great spot playing last week, and and he just did absolutely nothing. Yeah, I, I was honestly kind of nervous playing him. Um, even though the matchup looked great, I uh, you know I put him in there certainly based off a of name value and, and based off a of matchup. Um, I, I know that Philly has been struggling just kind of in general, and uh, I mean their offense has just certainly looked out of sync. And then you know, lo and behold, they ended up pulling Carson Wentz mid game and, and putting Jalen Hurts in, and, and I see that he's actually going to be the starter now. So it'll be really interesting to see what that does for. Miles Sanders here rest of the season um, certainly doesn't matter. I guess for, from my standpoint, from you know playing playing him last week, it doesn't help his his three points that he gave me um, in the baby bowl. But uh, looking at rest of season, I mean, it'd be super interesting to see what uh, you know what kind of offense they even run there, and uh, and what Jalen Hurts actually means for that team. Definitely, Will. You also had uh, Hollywood Brown, I believe, in your lineup as well. Two touchdowns in a row for him the last two weeks, or two 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 weeks in a row with a touchdown, I should say, I believe, uh, for Baltimore. He did score last night, right? Yeah, he did. He actually had a really nice touchdown grab. Um, pretty, uh, it was kind of a pretty spectacular looking touchdown. Um, I mean, he didn't have a huge game, but solid, you know, 14, 15 points, I think it was. Um, and I mean, just that matchup, certainly, again, kind of uh, hitting on that. I mean, I guess that's kind of been my theme here is, is just looking at matchups. Um, but I mean, Hollywood Brown uh, going up against Dallas, who's just been awful. And I tell you what, that was one of the first games I've actually really kind of sat down and watched them. And I mean, that, uh, that defense is just they're a mess. So, I mean, start anybody against Dallas here moving forward. I mean, that that's my that's my pro tip for Baby Bull moving forward. I, I don't even know who Dallas has <laughs> looking at the rest of the season, but their defense is just they they looked pretty awful um on Tuesday. Rob, we could take that that to the bank really because a Detroit Lion fan knows what a terrible defense looks like. So, oh, uh, hey, hey, hey. hey. <laughs> <laughs> and you also had you also had Pittman in your lineup, and it really looks like T.Y. Hilton has taken over there as the number one wide receiver in Indianapolis, if I'm thinking right. Uh, it really looks like he's taking control of that wide receiving core. I had Cooks. I ended up with Cooks in my lineup. I don't know when he ended up getting a concussion last week, and I hope he feels better. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it was just one of those things where he was in a great spot. But Kute, is, he's the guy there in Houston right now, along with another wide receiver I'll bring up a little bit later. But you had uh, Justin Jefferson, Rob, for your other uh, wide receiver. And I actually think that I, I like him better. He feels to me like he has a safer floor than Adam Thielen. What are your thoughts about those two wide receivers in Minnesota? Yeah, uh, so heading into the year, I really loved Thielen. Um, I had him like ranked as like my eighth wide receiver, ninth wide receiver in that range. I was really high on him, got him on a lot of teams. Um, so I, I loved Thielen this year. Jefferson I was a little bit down on because I felt like he was stepping into, you know, the Diggs role. And I'm a huge fan of Diggs in terms of, uh, actual real life talent. So I was like, man, if he, I don't think he's as talented as Diggs. And even if he is as talented as Diggs, I don't think he's going to be used as much as Diggs first year. And I mean, so far that's, <laughs> it's turned out to be wrong. And, um, you know, I've, I've, you know, been doing a lot of research and diving in on Justin Jefferson. And I mean, I've just been falling in love with this guy. He, uh, 
he's been he's been incredible and like you said you know he feels safer than Thielen um he's put up basically at least 17 points um for four straight weeks and he's he's had big games as well and Thielen seems like at this point to be a um a little bit more of a red zone weapon than than uh Jefferson has and mm-hmm. um you know both of them get targeted it's a pretty concentrated target tree in in Minnesota, but um, Jefferson is uh, putting putting up one of like the, I mean, a, like a historically great rookie year. I mean, yeah, only I think it was only maybe Randy Moss has put up a better rookie year in terms of like fantasy points per game from a wide receiver. So um, yeah, the, this guy he's he's definitely special. Yeah, I, I, I I'm not sure about Randy Moss. I'd want to check his birth certificate on that because I he's that guy's always looked like he was ten years older than what actually was reported on his back of his football card. Uh, Rob, your tight end was Robert Tonian as well, uh, which he's in his uh, third year with Green Bay. I thought he was his rookie just because I'd never heard of the name before, but this year he seems to have really caught the eye of Aaron Rodgers. And uh, Tonian is one of those uh, tight ends that are just tearing up the league right now, but not nearly as much as Ben and my guy that, this year, this <laughs> last week, Darren Waller. Holy cow. If you were on the right side of the Waller pickup last week in the Baby Bowl, you really uh, got just skyrocketed up the thing. I would imagine that that's why you probably won the tournament last week, Ben. Yeah, it's uh, – I got um, – I mean, gosh, I, I, I kind of keep falling back to this. I want to say I got lucky. I mean, it's uh, – I saw that – um, statistically, he had the what, I think like sixth best fa- um, fantasy week for a tight end, like literally ever. So I mean, it's it's kind of hard, I, I guess, not to win, you know, your matchup or your week or whatever you're doing um, when you have a guy like that putting up those kind of numbers. Um, I mean, it was just a literally a historic game for for Waller, and uh, I mean, fortunately, I had him in my lineup for a one and done league like this. Um, for you as well, Wes. I mean, you can't ask for anything more out of a out of anybody putting up 45 points, let alone a a tight end. Well, I could ask a little bit more out of Derrick Henry, my guy from Alabama, <laughs> yeah. who ended up doing five five fantasy points for me. Mm-hmm. I burned him last week. Holy cow! That what a terrible. Oh man, that would burn me up. That was you know you, you can understand Cooks. Okay, fine. Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, they had back to earth games, kind of a thing. But Derrick Henry, man, that just I I you know what I may do. You know, I may have to go up to Tennessee and just have a little talk with Derrick Henry. <laughs> Good luck with that. I mean, I, I don't know. I've never seen you in person, Wes, but uh, Derrick Henry is a behemoth of a man. So, <laughs> usually, usually a man that size, I would think that I could outrun, but I don't think that I could do that either uh, no. with Derrick Henry. <laughs> He would be he'd be terrifying if he got mad at me. All right. Hey, let's go over the showdown slate. And Rob, I don't know. You you, you said you toy around with this showdown slate. I know you're a DFS guy and everything. And I've been playing around with my showdown slates as well. And we kind of talk about these things a little bit uh, on the side. And I think that uh, for us, we have another thing to talk about here that will lead us into some plays for the Baby Bowl. Because we can't play Thursday people uh, in the Baby Bowl. Not, not that I ever have because I don't ever think about it until Saturday. But we can't play those people on Thursday night. Is this a good game to be, I don't know, concentrating on for the baby bowl on this Thursday night? I don't think so. Um, I do think it's going to be kind of a lower scoring game. Um, you know, I've mentioned it before on on this podcast, and I've said it on, on Twitter a few times throughout the year that the Rams have been kind of become went from like one of my favorite teams heading into the year to one of my least favorite just because of how they've changed their offense and then they then over the last four weeks they changed back again and it's been so drastic that it's been such a hard team to get a grasp on in terms of you know are they they were you know heading into the year they were super pass heavy and then they were super run heavy for the first half of the year and then basically the last four weeks they've been one of the most pass heavy context neutral teams so it's just been such a hard team to figure out and um you know in terms of new england cam you know started off the year well and then he's he hasn't been too great since and he still gets a lot of rushing touchdowns but he hasn't enabled you know pass catchers as of as of late and uh you know they're they're also a team that runs at a very slow pace so they i i 
and they're they're run at a very slow pace and they're going against a really good defense. So that's just something that like I tend to try to avoid when it comes to baby bowl and DFS and things like that. So um yeah, I'm not like too big on on the Patriots in general this week. And then in you know, by that, you know, off of that, it's hard for the Rams to really push a ceiling unless they're, you know, putting up a forty five nothing beat down like the Patriots did last week. But most of the time, you know, big games don't come off of off of uh big beat downs like that. Big games come off of close shootouts. So um yeah, for me it's kind of a game that I'm steering away from. Okay. Well you're all right. It's uh, about a forty five point total. I get these off of Odd Shark. I use Odd Shark. And the reason why is because th- th- lots of colors. Colors on the page. Okay. <laughs> so that's why I like I like I like colors. But uh they got about a forty five point total for this game and there's only a couple that are in the 50s the minnesota vikings the tampa bay buccaneers that's 51 and a half points the tennessee tides and the jacksonville jaguars are at 53 points the indianapolis colts and the las vegas raiders are at 51 and a half points so people might be targeting those i think the biggest one on the board though is the green bay packers uh, and the Detroit Lions at 55 points. And it looks like the Green Bay Packers, Ben, are scheduled for 54 of those 55 points this week. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least got to give us, uh, at least got to give the Lions uh, two points. I mean, you know, okay. lowest amount they could get. <laughs> well, I'm a Bears fan, so I don't have to give anybody in that division. Any <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm sitting behind the microphone. I guess we're all sitting behind the microphone. But let's dive into this uh, DFS showdown captain slate here just a little bit. And and see what your strategies are. And Ben, you said you've never really played this before. So anything you want to chime in, feel free to. For me, what I've started doing, Rob and Ben, is is I, I, I write down on my sheet of paper, booms. And the reason why is because I want to find those boom players in this. When you only have those seven guys, I think, to choose from in this in the showdown slate, I always want to find those players that can be explosive. And I want to find them, and I want to put them in, a, in the captain's chair, right? Because that captain's chair is one and a half times the value. It's also one and a half times the cost, I believe. So I always write down, cheaper the boom, the better. All right. So I try to find that cheap. Like a couple of weeks ago, I was in one, and I was doing really great until the last play for the Baltimore Ravens, I want to say, of the game whenever they were playing the Steelers. And Hollywood Brown caught that touchdown for 70 yards. Whoever had Mm. Brown in their captain's chair, bam, they won that week almost automatically because it was so close. I don't know if you uh, what your strategy is, Rob, whenever you're going into these things, but those are two things that I write down. Yeah, so... um, The showdown slates are kind of like... I've, I've... sorted that or I've kind of like identified them as kind of my weakness in terms of DFS and DraftKings. Um, you know, I'm I feel like I'm pretty strong in terms of identifying like the safest plays, the you know, the what they call the chalk on the main slates and all that kind of stuff, the chalky plays and, you know, the get the best like point per dollar kind of plays and playing it safe. And, you know, that's how I got my start in it is playing playing like mostly cash games, double ups and things like that. Um, you know, I've gotten better this year in terms of playing like tournaments and, and uh, gaining leverage off of pieces and things like that. But I've, I've been still struggling to find a way to gain leverage in, in the showdown slates because, you know, um, there is so little to choose from. So there's so much overlap and, when when looking at it you know the safest thing to do is always plug one of the qbs into the captain spot because generally you know they're just accumulating points more often than not um you know so when i play a lot of times i play just the the low dollar double ups when i'm playing the low dollar double ups usually i'm trying to put in the the safest play so i'll put in a qb almost every time but to your point that you're talking about the booms and things like that um that's i i kind of I don't write them down, but I kind of go through and I kind of identify players that I think have a ceiling potentials and, and, and can boom like that. And if I'm going to play, you know, a tournament style, a GPP, um, I want to put one of those guys in the captain spot, because like you said, you get one and a half times the points and it's one and a half times the salary. And especially if you get a lower dollar guy that can really go off, that can be huge. And, and so, um, when I'm the other thing is that you want to also, if you're trying to win a large field tournament, you need to put someone in that you think 
is going to be very low owned as well. Um, yeah. So which, you know, um, it depends, you know, I don't, I don't have the subscriptions to any of the projected ownership sites and things like that. So, you know, I kind of go off of my own feel, which sometimes is, is tougher to do, but when you have those things, when you have those tools, if you do pay for those and, and use those on any like roto grinders or anything like that, um, definitely take advantage of that because that's the way that you can gain leverage. And, and, uh, from that point, you know, if you see, you know, the ceiling potential projections versus, versus ownerships and you can gain leverage in that sense, that's when, that's what you're going to want to do. So, um, to, like you said, to your point, you, you're, you're basically doing exactly that. So, you know, I yeah. think you're on the right track. Well, yeah, you say that, and I'm just I'm 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 doing what I always do. I find those <laughs> I try to find those people for no price and put them in there and see what happens. But uh, Ben, I know that you said this was your first time kind of playing this one, and that you're not real familiar with it. Uh, Rob, I don't know who you put in your captain's chair, but in one of my lineups, and I always like to do three or four lineups uh, whenever I'm doing the GPPs, whenever I'm doing the cheap tournaments, the quarter tournaments, the dime tournaments, whatever. But uh, you have almost convinced me to go ahead and bump it up into those fifty-fifties, uh, those those kind a tournament or those those double ups that you're talking about just because i think that i can end up faring a little bit better and it's a little bit easier to win that money off of but in my gpp in my tournaments here i have ended up choosing and i know it's not contrarian but i think that he's really done a fine job and i this backfield seems to be all his right now i put cam Akers there uh, in my captain's spot. And I actually have a little arrow pointed down to maybe put Henderson there as well, because those guys are running the ball whenever it gets down there towards the red zone. It seems like the Rams are each and every week, Rob. Yeah, for sure. Um, and like you said, it looks like acres has been the hot one of late. Um, I don't think it's, I don't think it's, um, like you said, it might not be super contrarian, but at the same time, I think it's not, like not contrarian and um so i like i said i think jared i think when it comes down to it you'll you'll probably see jared goff and cam newton um as the highest like captained players um in the in those tournaments so uh i think acres will be maybe top five top in in terms of captain percentage uh and like i said i'm just going off of feel on this but but um that's that's kind of my feel on it so you could definitely take down a big tournament uh, with acres in the captain spot if he goes off and then they obviously if the other pieces hit, but that's, that's what, like you said, there's such a hard part about this is you got six guys and you need all six guys to go off. So it's, it's, it's not that big of a tournament, Ben. It's only a dime tournament, I think, or a quarter tournament. So who did you end up putting in your captain spot, Ben? Yeah. I mean, I, um, I haven't really dabbled a lot in these showdown lineups like we've kind of talked about. Um, So I, to say I have a strategy would be, um, um, I guess, embellishing a little bit. Uh, but um, so like, like you guys were talking about, originally I was going to look at Goff um, just because I believe he's got a, a much, much safer uh, floor versus Cam Newton in a matchup like this. Um, he's thrown for over 300 yards in, in three of his last four games. So, I mean, he, like Rob said, he's he's been out there slinging the ball quite a bit um, over the last month of the season. But uh, I mean, based on the price, though, I decided to pull him out and actually um, I put Robert Woods in my captain's chair. He's seen double digit targets in each of the last three games. Um, so kind of more of a safer play, but one that definitely has the opportunity to, I mean, if he can catch eight to 10 footballs, um, you know, in that game, then, I mean, his ceiling is right there with anybody else in this game as well. So I feel pretty comfortable with somebody like that paying up, um, but to get that one and a half times multiplier for him. Um, and, uh, and honestly, Kind of like you were talking about, Wes, if you're looking at putting somebody in there that's low, probably low ownership, super low, um, based off cost, but has that boom potential, I think, honestly, either one of the Rams' tight ends would really be somebody that you could look at as well. Um, I mean, they're you know super low price-wise, but um, I think I would probably lean Everett based off of his athleticism and, and ability to maybe hit on a big uh, big play. But like you said, if you hit on a big play with one of those guys in that captain's chair, then, um, I mean, the cost versus the, the output at that point is well worth it. Uh, it seems like Woods on the field a whole lot more than Cooper Cup, too, whenever I was looking at things. Almost 10 to 15% more snaps 
each and every game, then Cooper Cup is there. And, and you know, that, that really adds up. The more you're on the field, the more opportunity you have to be able to score points, score fantasy points. And, Rob, I know you and I talked about basketball, fantasy basketball last week, and that's always something that you look for in fantasy basketball is just really how long, how many times are you on the floor? How often are you on the floor? Because if you're on the floor, you may end up getting a rebound. And in this case, Robert Woods may end up scoring a touchdown uh, on one of those uh, pass plays from Jared Goff. Who'd you throw in your captain's chair, Rob? Yeah, so um, I right now have only filled, I haven't filled out a GBP one yet, so I've only done the just the double up one. And so in this in this case, like I was talking about before, I always try to play it really safe. So I did go with Goff in there um, just because I feel like he does have uh, you know the highest floor of and the highest median projection basically of any player on the slate. Um, he is the most expensive, obviously, too, which makes sense. So, you know, you can't really get a ton, you know, throughout the lineup. But, yeah, I do have I do have Goff in terms of uh, if you're playing like a double up. Uh, I think Goff is a safe player to throw in there. I like because that. In, the- in, in my tournament, I also put Henderson in there as well because I think both of those guys have scored touchdowns the last couple of weeks. And, and it seems like both of them have got very good production value there in the red zone. I know I usually only like to pick one running back, but in this backfield, it seems like it's crowded. It seems like they both end up scoring. And and for that contrarian play, I ended up putting Cam Newton in there as my quarterback, and I'm running it back with Myers. I, it sounds really odd to be able to do that in the game because I just know the Cam Newton and Myers and the Rams and all that, but I think that they'll have such low ownership that if they end up hitting, I'll, I'll be okay. And they don't have to hit that much if the other guys hit too. It's really strange, Ben, but who did you fill out your lineup with the rest of the way? Yeah. I mean, I honestly don't like the Patriots in this game at all. Um, it's, I know that they, they're coming off a 45 to nothing win against the chargers, um, a couple of days ago. And, and I actually did read that they ended up staying out on the West coast for this, uh, this trip, I wasn't sure if they'd be able to based on the COVID restrictions. And so originally that's kind of where I, I pulled off New England thinking they had to bounce all the way back to Boston and then come back to LA in a, in a span of like three days. Um, fortunately for them, they didn't have to do so. But um, I honestly stayed away from from the Patriots almost exclusively in this in this matchup. I just think that that Rams defense is is not given nearly enough credit for how good they are. And uh, I mean, Cam going under a hundred yards passing each of the last two weeks, if if he's not, I mean, if he's not running the ball, um, then then that offense isn't moving. And I have a feeling he's going to have a a heck of a time trying to run the ball against um, Aaron Aaron Donald and and that defensive front. Um, So I filled it out quite a bit with Rams. Um, The one Patriot that I did put in my lineup is James White. Uh, I have a feeling that, again, I mean, if they're going to struggle to run the ball, we're going to see a lot of dump offs to James White. Um, I mean, he's as as much as Harris has gotten involved, he still isn't really involved in the passing game. And so, uh, I mean, if they don't have running lanes and I have a feeling that the Rams are going to get quite a bit of pressure on Cam Newton in this game. James White, I think, is going to turn into, you know, 2019, 2018 James White with Tom Brady back there, just seeing dump off after dump off. And, uh, I mean, I could easily see him seeing 10 to 12 targets in this in this game um, mm-hmm. just to kind of keep that offense moving, um, if anything. So I got James White in there from New England. Everybody else, honestly, I filled it out with uh, with the Rams. I stayed away from Cam Newton. Again, I'm just – I have a feeling that his floor in this in this kind of a matchup is super low. And, and if he's not – if he's not running the ball in, then, I mean, he could see one of those five to 10 point games, which is really going to hurt you based on his value. Now, certainly, I mean, he could easily go off and, and put up 25 to 30, but, um, but so, I mean, I kept him out. So um, I did put acres in there. Um, I actually put the Rams D in as well. Uh, again, if I thinking that they're going to kind of, you know, suffocate that, that offense against new England, then um, I think Rams D actually provides you with a pretty safe floor based on their cost as well. Um, I mean, in that, in that, range you're kind of looking at guys like a van jefferson or somebody else that you're just kind of really hoping hits on a big one or scores a touchdown um otherwise they're only getting you a couple of points whereas the rams d has a chance to kind of get you a safer floor um now i did only do a 50 50 matchup with mine so i was definitely definitely looking more at floor plays versus the um the contrarian um you know 
dart throws like that. Um, and then I put Gerald, uh, Gerald Everett in my lineup as well. Um, okay. He's seen a pretty decent target target amount and, uh, and just kind of getting that potential um, high flyer in there. I mean, if he scores a touchdown, then, I mean, he's well worth his, his dollar amount. No, that's definitely a good lineup. It sounds like you got a lot of good floors in there. I, I don't like floors. I like ceilings. <laughs> that usually means I smack my face on the floor is what it usually does. Rob, I also put Van Jefferson in mind just simply because he's had uh, 50% playing time. And Reynolds, uh, well, let me see. I got, I got notes right there. Van Jefferson, 50%. Reynolds last week. Uh, I got to look closer at that to see if Josh Reynolds ended up getting hurt or not. But he played just as many snaps as Josh Reynolds did last week. And that was a big uptick in his usage, actually, for Van Jefferson. And I just wonder if he's not overtaking Josh Reynolds in that passing offense. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think you nailed it pretty much. I, I actually do have Van Jefferson also in my uh, lineup right now. Um he played, like you said, he played 40 of the 83 offensive snaps, and then Josh Reynolds played 38. So, um, looking at their prices, I think there's a big discrepancy in price. Yeah, Josh Reynolds is 5600, and Van is 2600. So, if those snap counts stick, and you're getting Van on the field just as much as Josh Reynolds, I'll take the $3,000 discount um, down to Van Jefferson. So that's why I put him in there as well. Um, you know, it's the idea that I'm trying to get as much playing time as possible for the cheapest amount as possible, especially because if I'm paying up for those, the quarterback, the highest player, you know, the highest price player is golf. So if I'm playing, paying up for him in the captain spot, I got to find value somewhere. And Jefferson happens to be a guy that I think is going to, is good value. As long as that, that sticks I now, like you mentioned, it could have been a, you know, it could have been an injury situation or, you know, he could have been, a, have you know, a little bit banged up or it could have been just a matchup issue. Um, you know, we don't, we really don't know, but all we know is that he played more snaps than Josh Reynolds. So, mm-hmm. you know, going off of that and their difference in price, you, you, know, you got to like Jefferson more. Well, and that's also important to mention just because we are in the fantasy playoffs right now, as Ben mentioned earlier in this podcast, and he might be somebody that you could pick up because there's always those wide receivers that end up deciding some championship games that aren't necessarily wide receivers that people drafted. And and Van Jefferson is just somebody that we have to keep on our fantasy radars in redraft leagues and everything like that. I'm sure he's gobbled up in dynasty stuff, but we just need to keep our eye on him. Who else did you round out with your lineup? Uh, there, Rob. So yeah, I I paid up basically at four of the spots. I put I did put Cam Newton in. Um, I do agree with Ben that you know this could be a a rougher game. Um, you know that defense is tough, and and if they do kind of shut down the middle with his with his running, it could it could be tough. But when it comes down to it, for me, is I like I said, I just am basically trying to pay for as much volume as possible. Now, if they have a bad game based off of, off of that volume so be it um but for me when i'm when i'm looking at a double up i'm just trying to pay for volume and then i also paid up for both cooper cup and robert woods so i got golf cam newton cooper cup robert woods and then like i said i put van jefferson in and then i've also put demir bird in um he's only 800 and he played 78 percent of the snaps which was second most among you know the wide receivers so you know, if I can get a guy that's basically a full-time receiver for eight hundred dollars on on this slate, I'll I'll gladly throw that in there. Because like I said, I'm just, I'm paying for paying for volume, and you know, like you mentioned before, you can't score points if you're not out there. There you go. So that's our captain slate. We're trying to introduce something new here to the Baby Bowl just to give us a little extra hashtag power, I guess, or even just other things to be able to talk about. And I think that's good advice, though, for everybody going into Thursday night Baby Bowl as well. Not a lot of stars have an opportunity to shine this Thursday night for the NFL uh, and for the Baby Bowl. But hey, guys, let me make sure everybody knows that we are talking to Ben C. on Twitter, who is the third uh, week in a row, uh, third three-time champion of the Baby Bowl, two times in a row. He ended up uh, finishing first in the Baby Bowl. We can't believe you did that, Ben. I, I just can't believe you did You have astounded me. You can find him on Twitter, the Extra Point FF. also joined by Rob Norton, at Norton0723. And of course, I am Wes Easley, at Loafin' It on Twitter. So guys, we always talk about people that we would play in the baby bowl, right? 
And I feel like I need to ask you first, Ben, about the quarterback situation. Okay, just give me two quarterbacks here that you are eyeballing this week in the baby bowl. Well, I'll tell you the I'll tell you the one who I am absolutely playing. Um, I mean, I don't even know how many people have him left, but um, thankfully I've saved Russell Wilson up to this point, and I still have him, and he's going against the Jets this week. So, um, I mean, just an absolute. Hopefully, I guess knock on wood here somewhere, but uh, should be a smash play. Um, Russell Wilson versus the Jets. Um, that's a home matchup for him as well. Um, but if you don't have, you know, a star power like that to put into quarterback, um, somebody else I've looked at would be, um, let's see, I would honestly probably look at Brady, Tom Brady coming off the bye week going against the Vikings. I believe that's a home game for the Bucks as well. Um, I mean, just with all their weapons, uh, you've got Brady still remaining. Um, coming off of a you know little extended vacation there, um, I wouldn't mind putting 43-year-old Brady out there this week. That sounds like a good winner. I, I don't know. I, I thought about that. I've been thinking about Brady all week long. Is he going to come out rusty or is he going to come out well-oiled? I don't know. You know, it's just because he's, he's, I could just see him coming out a little bit rusty. But that Minnesota Viking defense is just as bad as any of those other defenses in our division. Man. So I, I don't I don't I don't think that he has too much rust on him. What about you, Rob? Who are you looking at for maybe somebody you're eyeballing really good? And, and if there's not a lot of quarterbacks left out there, who might somebody want to look at? as a sleeper yeah so you know there's only three weeks left so everyone who's in this kind of keep that in mind because you know you got to look at it and see if you if you see about four or five names that are you know jumping out to you like hey this guy's pretty good you probably don't want to get too too crazy with uh with uh going to a sleeper but there's three guys that i'm kind of narrowing it down I've, I've narrowed it down to about three guys at this point and that's i'm trying to decide between ryan Tannehill at jacksonville tom brady as as ben mentioned home against minnesota and ben roethlisberger at buffalo so originally i had i had roethlisberger in thinking you know the game at buffalo that's the game that you know could be fast paced, could be a sh- high scoring game. You know, um, Pittsburgh's actually been throwing the ball a ton. And so, so he was the guy I originally had in there. I recently switched to Tannehill. Um, but you know, I, I, and then I've been eyeing Tom Brady. So I'm really, I'm really torn between those three, but I, th- I think all three are really good plays. Yeah. That's going to end up happening with me. Out yeah. of spite, I haven't used Aaron Rodgers all year long. Right. <laughs> Because I just don't like the guy. I mean, I'm, you know, I, I respect the guy. I just don't like – I don't want him on my team. I never have had Aaron Rodgers on my team, and that's on purpose for a reason. If you guys remember the a couple of years ago, whenever it was like either Monday night football or Sunday night football, and he ended up getting banged up, and he had to go to the locker room, and then he came out of the locker room and put up 30-burger 30, uh, 30 on the Bears or something, and then they interviewed him after the game, and he just had that little slight grin on his face. <laughs> yeah, you remember that guy? Oh, man, it's always stuck with me. And I've always been like, look at that guy, man. Such a pompous guy, you know, but uh, so I don't I, I'm going to end up having to play Aaron Rodgers at some point. And this looks like a great opportunity for him against the Detroit Lions this week. That's who I'm looking for. And what do you guys think about Jalen Hurts? Ben, I'll go to you first on this. Uh, he, he's playing against the New Orleans Saints. Uh, what a terrible time. I mean, just what a terrible position to put him in as a starter. I, I, if you're going to do it, do it in a different week. Don't put a rookie in there against the New Orleans Saints defense who's just been tearing up the league as of late yeah i mean i think that uh thankfully for him it's a home game i mean even without a crowd or i mean you know any semblance of a of a true crowd there um i think that it's still nice to be home and not have to deal with you know the road environment um it, things like that but uh i mean i would say from a from a sure fantasy standpoint i think that if you're in a position and, and need to use a guy like Jalen Hurts, um, I would hope that maybe you'd have, I guess, more safer options in a in a thing like the Baby Bowl. But, um, I mean, if you're looking deep or potentially DFS plays, I do think that his rushing ability is going to provide him with a potential, um, I mean, I guess, floor to, to still use that. Um, I think that he's going to use his legs a lot more often than... Um, you know, then Carson Wentz surely, surely has, but I guess this year Wentz has kind of scrambled for more than we've ever seen. But I do think that Hurts' rushing ability um, certainly helps him and, and is going to help him quite a bit here in this matchup as well. I, it honestly wouldn't surprise me to see him 
um, you know, instead of checking down, I think it could maybe hurt some guys like, the, you know, their tight ends and potentially Miles Sanders on checkdowns. So you've got a guy that can run like he does, and he could, um, honestly, I could see him run for over 50 yards, um, which kind of gives you a, a safer floor with a guy like that. Okay, so Jalen Hurts runs. Jalen Hurts scrambles. Carson Wentz was running for his life whenever he was scrambling, Ben. Okay, he wasn't. What great, what great TV this is, though, for the television. And maybe this is, I'm always a conspiracy guy, so maybe that this is the reason why they put Jalen Hurts in there this week, just to be able to have Jalen Hurts versus Taysom Hill, kind of two running quarterbacks. You know, just it's a different dynamic than having to watch Carson Wentz play Taysom Hill, I believe. But what are they doing to my Bama boys? My Bama quarterbacks. Tua Tagovailoa had to start out his career against the Rams, you know, <laughs> and now Philadelphia's got to start his career out against Cam Jordan and the New Orleans Saints, Rob. That just does not seem fair at all. All right, so, Rob, uh, running backs, I, I've been saving them, man. I put three of them in there last week, and guess what I could do? I could put three more in there this week, and hopefully they'll give me a little better results than Derrick Henry did. But are there <laughs> any running backs that are just in really good smash spots this week? Yeah, so like you said, if you've been saving them, you're gonna want to make sure you use those those high end guys here sooner or later. Because like you said, we only got three weeks left. You can only play. We're only gonna play not. What's that? Yeah, nine more. Yep. Yep, nine more. We'll have nine more. So, um, yeah. So any of the studs that are getting you know full workloads, get them in there um, as soon as you can. Um, if you're like me and you've used most of those. Um, you know, I still do have McCaffrey left. I've been going back and forth because I I want to use him. Obviously, um, everyone should. And but you know, the the report came out that he was kind of limited in practice. You know, his, I think it was his thigh that tightened up or whatever, and he was limited. So I keep debating if I want to use him for next week. But you know, that's the, the thing with him is when we we waited for him to get back and. You know, if you didn't use him in that one week, he was back and then he was gone again. So, um, you know, I, I keep going back and forth. I currently don't have him in, but, I'm, you know, I'm debating on it. A couple other guys that I'm looking at, Jonathan Taylor looked like he played a lot better last week. Um, and they're going against the Raiders, who've been letting up a ton of points to running backs. So I like him. I like Chris Carson against the Jets, um, especially if I haven't – uh, seen the reports yet on on Hyde if he's going to play or not, but uh, if he doesn't go or if he's limited, uh, Carson you know should probably see more snaps. And I know Pen- I, I think Penny was designated to return, but I'm not sure if he's going to actually play or even if he does, how many snaps he'd play. But um, yeah, Carson against the Jets, I like that one too. You said CMC and you K's a little bit banged up and so forth. I, I haven't heard that report at all. I'll just tell you this, though. The Carolina Panthers wide receivers, their names are, as of right now, Brandon <laughs> Zilstra, Robbie Anderson, and Farrell Cooper. Okay, so <laughs> they're going to have to lean heavy somewhere, somehow. If I'm Teddy Bridgewater, I'm thinking about calling in six Sunday, though. If, if i got to play with those guys at no <laughs> CMC, I'll just be honest with you. Ben, who do you see as a running back that maybe Rob didn't mention that could be in a really good place? Yeah, I mean, I think that this is a, uh, I think it's a tough week for running backs, um, depending on and kind of who you're looking at. I mean, I don't think there's any particular like super smash plays. Um, somebody like uh, Todd Gurley going against the Chargers, I think, is in a really nice spot this week if you haven't used him. Um, another guy that I'm looking at that I'm probably going to end up using is Wayne Gallman going against the uh, the Cardinals. He's actually been honestly surprisingly. Uh, one of their safer plays over the last almost two months of the season um, coming off like over a hundred I think 130 yards last week against the Seahawks. So home against Arizona, Wayne Gallman looks like a really nice play this week. Um, I myself haven't used Christian McCaffrey either. And I'm kind of in the same boat as Rob where, I mean, if he's, if he plays, I'm playing him um, at this point, because I, I regretted not using him. You know, what was that four or five weeks ago when he was healthy for a game and, and just went crazy. Um, and like you just said, they don't have anybody else to throw the ball to. So I'd feel pretty confident putting him out there. Um, I think the report was that uh, I want to say it was a thigh thigh injury. They said he, it tightened up on him last week and he tweaked it again today. Um, unfortunately, the guy just can't stay healthy this season. But, uh, but again, I mean, if he's out there and you haven't used him, 
I can't see not putting him in my lineup. Um, even if he only puts up 12 to 15, I at least can say that I, you know, didn't finish the season without using Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, that'd um, be like, that'd be like having a timeout in your back pocket and the t- clock runs out, you know? That'd be- absolutely. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that's a great analogy. Cause that's a hundred percent what it would feel like. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, I think Jonathan Taylor's another one that, uh, um, if you haven't used him up either. So, I mean, for me, I'm only putting out two running backs cause I've actually got quite a few receivers. Um, but, uh, um, I mean, looking at, like you said, Gallman McCaffrey, and then, uh, and if you want to go maybe kind of a deeper barrel, you know, sc- you know, scrape the bottom there. Um, Adrian Peterson, if, uh, if Swift sits mm-hmm. out again, going against the Packers, like you said, that's the highest over under of the week at 55. So, um, Peterson's got four touchdowns in the last two weeks. So if Swift sits, um, Peterson could be a nice play this week too. Yeah, I don't know what the Giants were thinking in getting Freeman when they had Gallman there. I was scratching my head at the time whenever Saquon Barkley went down and then they went after Freeman a couple of weeks later or whatever. I was really scratching my head at that time because I knew Wayne Gallman has always come in there and done a fairly formidable job as a running back. And I think, I I don't know, he really looks like a good player this year to me. He's got that extra step. And, and guys, I got to, you know, I'd be, I, I love that you said the Adrian Peterson point right there, because I think that that was very key. I was always looking at, at him this week against the Green Bay Packers. I don't think I left Swift in a lineup, Rob, uh, like you did last week. I, I don't think I did that either. So if Swift plays, I'm definitely going to put him in there against the Green Bay Packers as well. I just don't know that he'll play again uh, this year. Uh, it just seems like something's going on there a little bit different. And I don't think that I played Eckler yet either. And he'll be going against those Atlanta Falcons. And Kamara had a pretty decent game last week, but he's no Eckler as of right now with Taysom Hill under center. So you got a bunch of wide receivers, huh? You got a bunch of wide receivers, Ben. You're bragging. Look, everybody's listening <laughs> right now. So you're, and and I know you're a truthful man. You're an honest man. So who are you looking at playing as at a wide receiver? Give me two names for a wide receiver point because we're coming up late on this podcast. Yeah. So um, I mean, big name number one that that will 100% be in my lineup this week. Um, as I mentioned, I'm playing Russell Wilson, so I got to pair him up with DK Metcalf, who I haven't used yet either. So um, really hoping that those two going against the Jets, um, I've kind of been holding off using them um, over the last few weeks. It's kind of hard not to put those two in a lineup um, when you know you could. Um, hoping on injuries, things like that, that don't happen. But yeah, so DK Metcalf for me, 100%. I mean, he's in my lineup against the Jets. And then... Um, um, I got another big name in there with Chris Godwin as well. Going back to what we talked about with Brady. Um, I mean, Godwin has seen a really healthy target share over the last few weeks. And so I haven't used him yet either myself. So coming off the bye, I feel, feel really good about him against Minnesota. Um, and then, I mean, honestly, if you haven't, you know, haven't used somebody like any of the Pittsburgh wide receivers, I think Rob mentioned last week that he, you know, had, hadn't really used any of them. I mean, those guys going against Buffalo, I wouldn't try against any of them either. Okay, I can understand that. And Rob, I'm going to go opposite for you. Okay, so I'm I'm giving you a second here as I ramble on about okay. nothing to switch the to flip the switch in your brain. Tell me a couple of wide receivers that you would avoid this week in Baby Bowl because they are just in a terrible spot. Ooh, avoid. So, so yeah, one guy that I'm definitely avoiding is Chase Claypool. Um, he, he, Ben mentioned that the, you know, the Steelers, uh, situation with the wide receivers. And I do like the, the Steelers wide receiver situation, but Claypool's one I'm avoiding. Um, he seems like he's, you know, taking a step back over the past few weeks. And I think if I remember correctly, his, his snap count was down last week, uh, fairly, a fairly decent amount. And so that doesn't bode well. Plus he, you know, plays mostly on the outside. And when he's out there, I wouldn't be surprised if um, Trey White is, you know, uh, on him. Uh, I don't know. I really don't know what it, to whether to expect him to be on, on Claypool or Deontay. So I've kind of just avoiding both of them. So, you know, um, that's, that's one that I would, you know, look to avoid. And then um, you say see. that. While you think about that, I will give you the stats. James Washington had 54% snap share, while Claypool only had 44, and that's usually not even close to that. It's, it's. It, I think uh, Washington usually had in the 20s or something like that. It just, it was nowhere near that big. So I don't know if there was something going on with Claypool and his health. That's always something you got to look at whenever you see that big of a jump in target share or snap snap share snap count. But also, it might just be something that 
like he may have hit that rookie wall. You know, it just may be that rookie wall that he hit. And if Ben, if Ben doesn't have confidence in you, they're going to put somebody out there that he does have confidence in. And he always has a good rapport with Washington. So who's, who's another guy that you think that you would stay away from Rob? So another guy I think I would stay away from is probably, I'd probably, if you haven't used Brandon cooks, I know you'd be tempted to use him, but I, I, he's one that I wouldn't, have on my radar this week uh, against Chicago. Chicago has been pretty good against uh, uh, wide receivers in terms of locking them down. Um, and I think it's more of the outside receivers. So, you know, I think if, if you're attacking, you know, any Houston players this week, it'd be more along the lines of Kuti or, you know, who plays strictly out of the slot or um, even, even the tight ends with, you know, Aikens and stuff, but yeah, Brandon cooks would be a guy I probably would, I'd probably avoid this week if I was, you know, uh, if I still had him available, I've used them. Yeah. I I don't, I don't know. I don't trust the bears defense at this point. I think they've rolled over and died. Mm -hmm. Michael Gallup is one of those guys that is, is really fantasy relevant. I'm not going to say he's on anybody's fantasy radar anymore or that he might've been dropped though in some leagues and redraft leagues or anything like that. And coming up on those fantasy playoffs right now, he could definitely have a good week next week against the Cincinnati Bengals. And the red rifle is going to be throwing that ball around in Cincinnati. I think this week, just mm-hmm. a little bit, just a little bit. And I, I got to <laughs> put this guy on our radars too, is Colin Johnson with the Houston Texans. Somebody has got to pick up those shares. And I know that Kiki Kute had, had all those big points last week and everything, but he's, he's, He's got about another half in him before he pulls a hamstring too. Okay. Unless he's on the same medicine that, uh, that, that our guy, Will Fuller was on, but Colin Johnson, he just, he did, he did pretty well last week for them. What uh, am I, am I saying? Oh no, it was Chad Henson. Chad Henson. Colin Johnson was the guy for Jacksonville and he had four, six and 66 with 13 fantasy points. But Chad Henson was the guy with the Texans, seven targets, 101 yards, man. I don't care. He, he isn't even on the team. They put him on the practice squad again. They sent him back down. They pulled him up from the practice squad, and he comes out and gets seven seven catches for 101 yards, 18 DraftKings points, my friends. If you're doing that each and every week, they're going to call you back up, right? And if they do call him back up, he's one of those guys that we got to rush out there and get because they got to throw it to somebody. And the dude looks pretty big. Dude looks pretty tall. I think he's able to do that job. Rob, I don't know if you got a chance to see him last week or not. Yeah, a little bit. He um he definitely looked good, like you said. Uh, and he definitely got it done. And and you know somebody's got to be catching the passes in Houston. So why not him? All right. Which DSTs do you think look good this week in Baby Bowl? That's me trying to get Ben. That's me trying <laughs> to get Rob to put DSTs in That's what. No, from a tight end position, do you have one Ben that you are really looking at? Do you have a Waller this week? Uh, gosh, that'd be really hard to replicate, but, um, I, who I'm going to end up using, um, is Robert Tunyon, um, against the lions. I think that, uh, I think that that's a great, just a great matchup. Um, you know, like we talked about high scoring game, at least it's projected to be, um, he's looked really great here over the last almost month of the season. And, uh, and he's somebody who I haven't used yet. So Robert Tunyon's definitely someone I'll be looking to roll out. Um, or uh, Gronk as well, getting back onto that that Bucks against the Vikings game. I think that Rob Gronkowski is in a really nice position this week as well. Yeah, I think Kaseki too also had that good connection maybe last week. I know Parker got a little bit banged up, Rob, but finally that two a connection maybe started to happen for him, and I've been waiting for that all season long. Uh, do you also think though this week that Darren Waller, if he didn't get played in Baby Bowl, could have that mm-hmm. replica week this week? Yeah, um, you know, Indianapolis is always a a tougher matchup, but you know, I I I kind of I've mentioned it multiple multiple times before how I don't really like buy in completely to tight end defense um in terms of when you look at, you know, what Yahoo or Daft King says in terms of how much points they've allowed. So you know, I think it just depends. It's it's so so noisy and so variant from week to week. So I kind of look at it more as a overall defense and, and, and the Colts are a good defense, but you know, if I hadn't, if I wouldn't be scared of using Darren Waller this week, if I haven't used them, you know, that game is going to be in a dome and which helps all passing. And, you know, Darren Waller is just a matchup nightmare. So, you know, I've used Darren Waller. Otherwise, you know, I'd have no problem using him. So for me, I do like the Gronk, Gronk, the Gronk call. 
Um, he's one of the guys like basically that I'm narrowing down. I only have him and another guy I'm looking at is Eric Ebron, who's actually been, you know, pretty consistently good this year, surprisingly. Um, and as I mentioned before, I'm, I, Buffalo is, does a great job at taking away outside wide receivers and, that game I expect to be a shootout. I expect Pittsburgh to throw 40 to 50 times like they've been doing. And um, if, you know, if Trey white has taken away some of the outside passes, uh, Moore's got to go inside. So um, along the same lines, as I mentioned with Juju, how I liked kind of like him of, of the, you know, wide receivers. I like Ebron, you know, over the middle this week. I could see that as well. I think all those top-tiered why, uh, tight ends could be used this week. The only ones I see that may have bad matchups in my head are the Evan Ingrams of the world, the Logan Thomases, even though Logan Thomas has kind of started moving into that uh, bulletproof range for me with how many catches he had last week against Pittsburgh. So maybe Logan Thomas is still that name on the board that you like. If you've used up all those tight ends, i got to make sure you know about Drew Sample as well. He had seven targets. I don't know what the quarterback situation is going to be like this week in Cincinnati but they should be in a shootout with Dallas. I, I, you guys are going to have to keep me. You guys are going to hand, handcuff me. But I don't know if you could do it, Rob, or not for blocking me from playing Andy Dalton this week in Baby Bowl. But I sure, <laughs> I'm sure I'm having fun dreaming about it. I'll just tell you that right now. Hey, Ben, <laughs> congratulations. I don't know if we need to make reservations to be able to see you again next week or not. I don't know that you can be three times in a row. I don't. I don't I, that'll be unheard of in the Baby Bowl. Yeah, I mean, hey, it's uh I mean, I'm I'm certainly just having fun with it. It's um, you know, uh, the more I can keep winning, you know, the more I can keep pushing myself, I guess, towards getting first place overall in the season. I mean, at this point, uh, they, you know, I guess that's the goal now, shooting for the final 3 weeks and uh, you know, just hoping that uh I guess I can stay competitive and and hope to get that first overall. Now, I think Pittsburgh, one of the reasons why they were dropping the ball uh, whenever we watched them play and stuff like that. I think it was getting tight. There's a lot of pressure on people to be undefeated. That's why there's only been one undefeated team, I think, in the entire, you know, the the seasons of the NFL, and that's the Miami Dolphins. Was it 72, 73 Dolphins, some, somewhere in that neighborhood? Um, and, but so do you feel that kind of big pressure right now in the Baby Bowl? Because it's, I mean, it's a tough tournament, and all it takes, I'm putting the, pre, I'm putting the heat on them, Rob. I'm putting the heat on them. All, <laughs> All it takes is one bad week from one good player to really put you down in the in the ranks again. Are you feeling the pressure, Ben? You know, I mean, you're definitely not wrong. It's uh, it's funny. I mean, two weeks ago, I was sitting at 11th overall, um, and I mean, these last two weeks, getting first, you know, first on the week has propelled me up to first overall in the season. Um, so I mean, it, it is it's funny. It's it's a little bit of a different, I guess, perspective, um, especially kind of getting into the chat and uh, you know that we've got going on, and and you know, all of us are in there, and everybody's like, oh man, you know, it's you know, kind of busting chops a little bit, but obviously we're all just kind of having fun with it. Um, so, but I mean, you're, you're I guess you're not wrong in some ways. It's almost like, all right, now I've got two weeks in a row that I've I've gotten top score. It's almost like, uh, you know, don't mess this up. So <laughs> I'm just hoping that I've I've got enough, um, you know, good players left to to keep me keep me floating up there. Well, see, me, third and short. Stoner, we 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 don't have any pressure whatsoever, man. We can just put whatever lineups we want to out there and 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 kind of you know just yolo it if we want to. So you're the one with all the pressure, but I think you can live up to it, Ben C. Great job, always a good follow on Twitter, the extra point ff on Twitter. And Rob, you do a wonderful job as well. Thank you for all your tips on this showdown casing or thing or whatever the captain showdown that we're trying to do here as well. I always appreciate your input and your insight, my friend. Yeah, thank you. Thank you as usual. And, uh, you know, to always thank for for having me. No, it's no problem. You can follow Rob at Norton0723 on Twitter. You can find me as well at Loafinit on Twitter. And don't forget to look at the show as well at FI Today with a little underscore there. You can see all the bio for all the different fit crew that we have here. And you can head over to Anchor FM. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Slap those stars around. It happens to be on the iTunes app. Leave a comment. Leave a review. But more importantly than all those things, please find a way to go out into the world and make an impact in somebody's life today.